This is Charlotte Donlin, and you're listening to Hope for the Lonely. Learn more about my first book, The Great Belonging, and my other writing and work at charlottedonlin.com. All right, because I'm not single, I'm approaching this topic with carefulness and awareness. The last thing I want to do is offend people who are single or say something in a way that sounds like I have loneliness figured out or singleness figured out. I received some great responses on the anonymous survey for this episode. So most of most of what I say is coming from people who are single or who have been single, who have some great insight and experience with loneliness and singleness. I'm also going to start sending more survey responses in my Hope for the Lonely email newsletters. I don't always get to share all of the responses in my podcast episodes, so I'm trying to figure out ways to provide additional content for those of you who are interested. You can sign up for the Hope for the Lonely email newsletter at charlottedonlin.com slash subscribe. During this episode, I'm also going to share a few quotes from Joy Beth Smith's book, Party of One. Um, Smith addresses the loneliness of singles with a hopeful and refreshing honesty in her book. My show notes will include a link to the book if you want to read it and um, learn more about her work. All right, one of the questions I asked on the anonymous survey for this episode is, what do you want others to know about loneliness and singleness? And here are some of the responses I received. One person wrote, it is real, it is common, and find a mate is not necessarily the remedy, nor is, sorry, you can't find a mate, necessarily the kindest response. Invite me into your life, be a friend, and maybe even family for me. Someone else wrote, Using the language of C.S. Lewis's Four Loves right now, I experience a great abundance of agape and philia in my life, for which I'm so grateful. I get to see lots of friends in my regular life and when I travel, and I'm close to my family. At the same time, I'm longing deeply for eros in my life. The crux of the problem is that there is no exchange rate between eros and agape. I can have all the friendship I could ever want, and it would never satisfy my need for a loving, intimate, romantic partner relationship. This responder also said, Being single against my will creates a sharp kind of intimate loneliness that is impossible to fully empathize with unless you're in the same situation. I think that last sentence is so important. Um, Empathy is not the same thing as sympathy. And those of us who aren't single— or haven't been single for a long time, really can't empathize with those who are. Another responder shared this. Lean into singleness. Don't rush through it. It can be both hard and an incredible space to meet God. Someone else wrote, After a bad, lonely marriage, single loneliness is still preferable. And this next response is important for all of us to hear also. This responder says, Going to church when single just sucks. The church does such a bad job at caring for single people. Another response to this question, what do you want others to know about singleness, is that it is a constant struggle. I know married people get lonely too. I think in general we all need to realize that other people, maybe all other people around us, deal with being lonely sometimes. And sometimes they need connection just as much as we do. They need someone to speak to them, send a text, invite them to dinner. I do wonder if people who are not single realize how lonesome being single can be in a practical sense. 
how long a single person might go without being hugged or touched in any way other than the brushing of fingers at a drive through how most everyday things we do are our things, not responsibilities we share with another person who helps carry the weight. Someone else shared, Loneliness is not so much from the lack of a significant other as it is from not feeling a part of something or the pressure others may put on you for not, quote, making it. Someone else shared, Not being single for quite some time, I would hope a single person felt a bit less alone in their loneliness knowing that a woman who considers herself happily, maybe even hopefully, is a better word, married, feels lonely all the time, every day. I say that in no way to minimize loneliness and singleness, but in hope toward connection. And the last response to this question I received is, we don't like being told satisfaction comes from Jesus. No kidding. I love Jesus, but I'm also a human being. So these responses really help me have a better understanding of what others are going through. I will never fully understand because I'm not capable of fully understanding any other human being, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't move toward trying to have a greater understanding of others, especially those who often feel like they're on the perimeter of the church. In Party of One, Joy Beth Smith writes the following about one of the messages the church sends about singleness that I think we all need to be aware of. She writes, This is one of my biggest pet peeves with our current message surrounding singleness in the church. That singleness is not, I'm sorry, that singleness is only preferable or equal to marriage when we pull a Mother Teresa and dedicate our whole lives to serving God, or more accurately, serving God in a visible and public way that other people acknowledge. Singleness that's spent investing in a career, even one you may feel called to, is secondary to babysitting for mom's night out or arriving early to set up for service. But what if God has different plans for some of us than being Mother Teresa Jr. or spending that Friday night babysitting? The church needs to decide if singleness is as beneficial as Paul said it is. And if it is, it should probably be celebrated instead of fixed. Rather than focusing on ushering us out of this season or distracting us from what God is calling us to do in our singleness— We need our church community to figure out a way to come alongside us in our careers and communities and support us in our singleness. This is so crucial for us to hear. Um, It's easy for the church to put marriage on a pedestal above singleness. And when we do that, we are harming our single friends and our single neighbors. The survey survey responses I read earlier, coupled with that excerpt from Smith's Party of One, really make me think about the messages I'm sending to people who are single and people who are single and lonely. I have single people in my life. I'm friends with some single people, but I confess I don't always love them well. What would it look like for me to love them well? Some answers to that question might be found in the answers to another question I asked on the survey for this episode. I asked, what do you think would make you feel less lonely? And some of the responses I received include, more contact with people, a structured life, immersion in my work, more physical exercise, people who seek my company, local friends with whom I can discuss it in person, some adjustment in my Bible study and prayer habits, focusing on others and meeting their needs. Another person wrote, I find that my intimate loneliness is at least mitigated when I'm physically near other people. 
I actually struggle sometimes to fully describe the depth of loneliness I experience, mostly because being around other people dissipates the fog somewhat. Spending time with friends help a good, helps a good measure. I think I would feel less lonely if the landscape of dating in 2019 looked different than it does. The current system of scrolling through online profiles feels so algorithmic and impersonal, and I don't get the sense that anyone really enjoys it at all. This responder also says, Ultimately, though, I think the answer is pretty binary. I'm lonely without a romantic partner, and I believe I would be less lonely with one. That's pretty straightforward to me. Someone else shared, I think couples realizing that single people want to be friends with them and not only to be set up with someone or used as a babysitter. I think people recognizing that because of family situations and being single, that I longed for a family and needed it and wanted also to give back to them. This final response makes me think of the um, Henry Nowen quote I shared in episode nine. This responder said, I honestly don't see feeling less lonely as a goal. Loneliness feels very different than despair. Loneliness can be the very thing that tells me the truth, that I'm not crazy to feel an ache or a sense of dissatisfaction in my life. I've come to see that as a kindness instead of an enemy. I'm in no way arrived. I still struggle. But I at least entertain the possibility that loneliness can be a mercifully thin place between my unmet longings and what I was made for. I think I treasure real connection with people more because unless someone is dead inside, they feel lonely. So while these um, answers have some similarities, there are some differences. And it's crucial for us to remember that loneliness is not one size fits all. Maybe we should ask our single friends if they experience loneliness and if there are ways we can help them navigate it or reduce it. And I would hope that people who are lonely and single would be having these conversations with their friends, like initiating these conversations as well. I'm pretty sure there are people listening to this episode or people who might have stopped listening a few episodes ago who wish I would direct people to God more. I believe God comforts us in our suffering, but I don't think He promises to take away our suffering on this side of eternity. I'm also pretty sure that the people who struggle with loneliness know God can comfort them, and I bet they receive His comfort. God may take away our loneliness forever or for a season, but some forms of loneliness may linger for a lifetime. That doesn't mean I don't believe God isn't intimately involved in our lives. He most certainly is. I also believe God can work in the lives of His children in ways that reduce our loneliness and or help us exist within it, but He may not. I will not tell people the solution is as easy as handing their loneliness to Jesus so He can remove it so they can live happily ever after. The only happy ever after will be when we are glorified and loneliness will no longer be a thing. It will disappear forever while God is wiping away every tear from our eyes. That is where my ultimate hope rests. Thanks for listening to Hope for the Lonely. Learn more about my writing and work at charlottedonlin.com.